Weirdo bookworms, unite. We want to share our love of genre fiction with you. Some readers out there may look down on you for your love of horror, sci-fi, and fantasy, but not us. So stop by as we discuss what we've been reading. Hi, genre junkies. It's Sandra. And this is Scott. And we got stitches here, too, so you know what that means. It's time for another episode of Genre Junkies. (laughs) And even better, it's time for a Women in Horror Month Yay, February Women in Horror Month. Yes, we're doing some fun women in horror stuff over here at Genre Junkies. We did some fun women in horror stuff over on my cult show show on YouTube and a podcast, and also over on Spooky Slumber Party Show. We're going to have a very special women in horror episode coming up soon with the Spooky Slumber Party. This is a very... Very important month for us, and so we uh, yeah. we want to celebrate it with you. <laughs> with you. Anybody get that Pet Cemetery reference from the movie? Well, you just gave away the reference, so well, everyone's I, gonna, of course, gonna no, admit to no, it. No, when people hear you, you, they know what that means. Yeah. Uh, so we got to read a book that is coming out really, really soon. It's coming out the day that this episode releases. Oh, so you can go buy it right now. What, what the hell are you waiting for? Like, what's even your excuse? And it is called Strange Girls. Women in Horror Anthology. And uh, it's kind of, I guess, edited and compiled by Azura Knox, who we have had the privilege to review one of her short stories before. So this is a great compilation of horror stories written by female authors and some non-binary folks and just a wonderful celebration. So if you guys have ever listened to one of our short story episodes, we kind of have a way we do this, where we're going to talk in kind of broad strokes about about, you know, uh, our feelings on the book like we would a normal episode. And of course, we're going to save really the nitty gritty, um, a breakdown of uh, a lot of the stories in the spoiler section. So of course, this is always spoiler free in the first half, but it's really hard to talk about short stories and not spoil them. I mean... It's almost impossible. <laughs> the best way that I can phrase this is in comparison to the last short story collection that we read. Betty Bites Back. I think that this one does definitely read a lot different than Betty Bites Back. I would say. Oh, yeah. This is um pretty much straight up horror. Yeah. But in addition to that, Betty Bites Back is very, it, it's it's very strong women's issues where this yeah. is more more female celebration. Yeah, I, I I think I see what you mean. There's definitely some hard-hitting issues in this, oh, though. Oh, absolutely. And, and I think that that's, that's natural in a short story collection like this. But I think just the, the, the collection of stories just overall tells a different emotion yeah. than uh, Betty Bites Back did. And uh, in one of the stories in this collection, In Strange Women, there is um, a story that I know I'm going to have to talk about, but it does come with a trigger warning uh, at the start of the chapter. But um, I mean, you know, kind of if, if you need to go into like a deep dive and look into trigger warning stuff, there there is, you know, there's some hard stuff to read about in this book. There's some rape stuff. There's some abuse, uh, all different kinds of abuse. Um, yeah, it it's, can be really, really hard. It definitely and, goes there for some of these stories. And, and- I love... Um, I love horror. Like I talk about so much. Obviously, I love horror. I'm obsessed. It's my favorite. But I, I love when horror makes you feel like 
every emotion and like every range of emotion and i love when there's like a tie to domestic life real life issues like it just makes the horror so much more profound i mean i like silly fun horror too but yeah like it goes there and it's cool when horror is not afraid to go there i would say the other observation i would make from this book from my own perspective from 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 one male's perspective Betty Bites Back definitely, like, it engrossed me in a way that where it's like, okay, I'm I'm learning a lot of things about the female experience from this. Love it. I, this book has a bit more stuff that is just kind of for females, and some of it specifically for, um, I, I shouldn't even say for females, for people with vaginas. Yeah. That is not relatable at all to to this cisgendered male right here. Sure. And and I appreciate that. I think that that's important and this is not a complaint at all. Oh yeah. Well, things don't um I mean, sometimes when when we as readers read like, you know, a diverse experience away from our own, it's like, no, you're you're never going to be walking exactly in that person's shoes and be able to relate to it that way, but that's like the whole point of reading, right? Is you're learning someone else's story and someone else's perspective on something. And that's why it's always important to when you can. And of course, we try to and, you know, it's always a work in progress, but try to read diversely, always different authors of different walks of life with characters of different walks of life from your own. Like that that's the fun of reading, right? So I I guess if it's all right with you, I'd like to start with my experience score with the book. Go for it. And for me, this book was a good read. I really enjoyed a lot of the stories in it. I I, I found myself coming back to it regularly. Mm-hmm. Short stories are very hard for it to be a page turner for me. It's it's not how I tend oh, yeah, to that's read right. that's not how short you, stories. Yeah, it's not how you digest short stories. Yes. You should uh, speak on that for anybody that doesn't remember. Yeah, so when I read a short story collection, I typically like to read one, sometimes two stories, and then take a break. It's sometimes five minutes. It's sometimes a couple of hours. Uh, that That's how I like to digest it. I like to experience the story and then and then process it just like I would a book. I'm not the kind of person who finishes a book and immediately starts reading the first page of the next book and I'm the same way with short stories. Right. Um that said there were there were stories in this that did not resonate with me as much as I would have liked and a lot of that is because I I, I am a cisgender male and there are some stories in here that I don't feel um I don't feel were written for me. Right. It's for you to get a glimpse into that life. Yes. There, there's one story in particular, uh, very, very short, that is specifically about menstruation that I really appreciated, but it did not have an effect on me. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. It, 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 I don't feel that it was written for me, and and, and, and I, I have no problem with that. Yeah. But this book in particular, I do think there is, there is much more for the female experience than there is for me. Yeah. Um. And that's good. And I'm just happy that you, I mean, uh, obviously, like we review books, but I'm just really happy that you and I'm sure so many other cisgender, cisgender and heterosexual dudes would be like, yeah, I I can get into this because you want to hear those stories. You want to hear like this perspective and what these authors have to say, even though it's different than you. And it's really important to respect the difference, but still enjoy it. Um, 
I will say, oh man, I, I I'm I'm a little more in the page turner world with this one. Uh, I I loved it, of course. I mean, it's horror. Horror is just such a wonderful. Mm, Yummy, yummy. It's my favorite. <laughs> and then especially these, you know, uh, these really female femme centered stories and celebrating some characters that are non-binary and some writers that are non-binary too. It's just really cool. And it makes me so proud to be a part of this horror community and to be a, a female in horror. And, you know, horror folks, like we're, we're pretty awesome. We're just, we're accepting and we're wonderful people but book people too and it's um it's so nice to get to have stories being told by a diverse range of people and you know it's always can be better and there's still a lot to be done but you know letting these authors who are not you know a white (laughs) heterosexual dude you know like kind (sighs) of have the spotlight all the time and to kind of share it. And there was some stuff in here that, I mean, we're all friends here, right? We're all friends here. We're all friends here. We're all friends here. That, um, like for me as, as a female, as, um, a non neurotypical person and as someone who, you know, kind of has that experience that it just made me feel like, Oh, this is awesome. This is a celebration. So I, yeah, loved it. And, um, I guess for appeal too. Like yeah, it's horror. It's it's a horror collection for sure. So you got to be, you know, kind of a horror person. But I I mean, I would still say this is a pretty broad appeal. Uh I'm going to go with a broad appeal because I think if you're into like women's fiction or you're into uh, you know, kind of diversifying your reading, you don't have to be just a horror fan, but this is a great collection for horror fans. This one is complicated for me to score. Um, I, I think you'll be surprised by my score, but it's complicated because I am going to give my score based on those with a non-male experience. I do think that this is I do think this is enjoyable by many people with a with a with a male experience and there's a lot of stuff in here that is that is very, very enjoyable and was very enjoyable to me. Um, but I do think that there's stuff that that is not written for me. Uh, however, I, f- I have a feeling in the female, ex- in the non, I should say, in the non-male experience, I'm actually going to give it a mass appeal. Oh, I love it. I think that there is definitely, I mean, this is, this is, absolutely 100% horror but in a world where one of the most popular television shows ever is Law and Order Special Victims Unit mm-hmm. um I think that that there is really very little in this collection that goes so far as to just completely turn off anybody I think mm-hmm. that there's really deep powerful stuff in in every story and even the ones that are really creepy are are approachable so so I'm giving it a mass appeal book for that reason. I love it. I think that's fantastic. Um, so yeah, in case you couldn't tell, we're really singing kind of the praises of this um, of this collection. And, you know, there's kind of the whole thing with when you read a short story collection, sometimes, you know, it's such a mixed bag of strong stories and weak stories. And yeah, there's going to be some in here that were just not my favorite. The author's style wasn't my favorite because you're going to get such a sampling of different 
writers, but um, really very famouses for me. I this was it was actually surprising to me. I felt that there were no true misses in this story, right? Because there was still something to be like garnered yeah. from it. There yeah. were some that that didn't hit me, but were still just just excellent, and I appreciated. I, I feel that there was not a single miss in the from 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 cover to cover, and that's really impressive. Yeah, no, I I hear you. Like, um, it's a great great celebration, great celebration of horror, and highly highly endorsed by the genre junkies clearly and it is out today february 18th mm-hmm. go pick it up if you haven't read it already yes um read every single one in there and then come join us for the spoiler section because this is good you guys you're gonna love this um absolutely dive in celebrate females and non-binary people writing and being in horror and just open your heart if you haven't yet (laughs) but we know you have we know genre junkies are really open and accepting folk uh before we jump to the spoiler section just to kind of put a little more little more uh more flavor in this part of the episode just jump into a a round table real quick have you been having any cool genre experiences lately um i i have do tell i finally watched the sword art online movie and what did you think i cried (laughs) (laughs) so it is if you've watched i mean if you've watched sword art online then you know what i'm talking about it's it's a really kind of up and down roller coaster of a show but the good parts are very very good mm-hmm. and i feel like that movie just collected all of the good parts of that of the, of the show and just acted as just great fan service and continuation of those parts uh-huh. and it just made me really really happy to finally watch it Oh, that's really that's really special. Um, let's see. I can speak for both of us when I say that we're um all caught up on a TV show which never happens, and that is Evil, Evil. which is a CBS joint. Um, and it's I have we talked about it on this show? I think we talked about it a little bit. Yeah, it's um that show is anxiety inducing <laughs> for me. It is it is one of the most anxious I've felt in a TV show I can that I can think of. It's um it's got God. So such a great cast, great writing, uh, wonderful characters, incredibly well acted. The you know it it's hard to kind of describe it, but it's kind of X Filesy vibes. But it's about this team of three that um, investigate miracles and possessions for the Vatican to see if like they're like assessors basically and there's one dude who um, is trying to be a priest one dude who's kind of a lapsed Muslim (laughs) who um, is uh, their like tech person and he is very skeptical and very funny and then there's a forensic psychologist I think she is yes and um, she is a lapsed Catholic and very um, much a non-believer very much a non-believer so it's like you kind of get those x-filesy vibes but at the same time not really like don't like let that fool you because it's like a totally different show and it's um i think it airs pretty late at night i think it's like a 10 o'clock show and it can be really scary it is it is very scary and their christmas episode which 
which is not just a small little special. It has important notes that are continue on. Yes. It is one of the most effective episodes of television. There is a song that will be stuck in your head. I hope not for the rest of my life. But I think it is the rest of my life. But it lives. might. It yeah. might be. St- it, it, that, that song might stick with me for the rest of my life. And when you watch that episode, you'll know what I mean. <laughs> so um, I've been just kind of watching some movies that are repeat horror viewings for me um you know for all like my different shows like the cult show and everything um but i watched blood diner again i watched some different ones by jackie kong because we're going to interview her on the cult show um uh gosh yeah just a few other kind of rewatches not like super new the one new thing i've watched was on shutter which i believe is a shutter exclusive and it's called bliss um that was very interesting movie that i'm still kind of digesting exactly how i felt about it the pacing was really off for me but um I think I had a really strong finish and some really interesting points of it. Um, It's about a lady who's an artist and she takes drugs to kind of like help her create. And she starts taking this drug that um, does not have the typical reactions, though it is helping her create art. And it's... um, super violent super gory kind of body horror um lots of nudity if you're into that sort of thing well if you're shy about it you know just know that (laughs) um yeah so interesting interesting movie that i'm still digesting how i feel and we must say also we saw birds of prey and we both loved it birds of prey was fantastic yeah and there's um you know it's it's one of those movies that's like it's not getting good quote-unquote reviews but real people love it i think that it's the best dc movie since oh. uh since the dark knight i yeah i i think that um it it's like really gonna save dc that and wonder woman yeah like they've like kind of saved the dc cinematic universe i am excited for the robert robert pattinson the edward cullen (laughs) and lighthouse among other things uh turn of batman i am excited for that you know i'm a huge batman fan i don't really talk about it a whole lot on here but um i love batman so i was i'm all about it i think that he is an incredible actor you know despite all of the things that happened with twilight and everything i think that he's a great actor and yeah. i'm very excited to see what he has to bring to the, to the character of bruce wayne and the batman um but especially in this kind of women in horror episode if you haven't seen birds of prey oh, oh my gosh you just absolutely must it's, it's so much fun it is, it is fun. legitimately fun it's fun and it's surreal and it's bizarre and it's cartoony and pop arty and uh lots of swear words which i freaking love you guys know that hella violent beautiful colors awesome female bad assery come on like and very I funny hope you're not sleeping on birds of prey because it is legit good <laughs> Okay, everybody, we're going to hop into the spoilers section. So go read Strange Girls and then come back and talk to us. Enjoying the show? Please like and subscribe on iTunes. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Genre Junkies. And don't forget to visit the website, genrejunkies.com. So 
So welcome back to the spoiler section for Strange Girls. So we're going to go through a large chunk of the stories and talk about them and talk about our feelings with them. And let's get into it. Let's get started. So the first story, uh, 24-Hour Diner by Charlotte Platt. It's an author that uses she, her pronouns. Tobias the Psycho Waiter, Vampire Girl with Blue Hair. This one was a great way to start off a story short story collection yes what a great like it had such a good build to it because i hated tobias and i thought he was awful and then you realize yeah he is truly awful and he is as bad as you think he is but he's also the victim good which is perfect (laughs) i mean starting off a short story collection with with a story that subverts expectations Mm -hmm. is just always the right way to go yes uh it was just fun it was just fun and that's what it was supposed to be i like the way that the vampire girl was described too that she wears like kind of like ratty tights and like vintagey looking tea dresses and stuff i don't know i just had such a clear vision of of her and um i love how angry she got at the end uh yeah just what a yeah what a great fun way to start off this collection i love descriptions of what uh women are wearing when written by women yes so yeah. much better than when written by men oh my god of course that's always that's always the thing isn't it uh, the next story is Sideshow by Jude Reed. Uh, Jude uses she, her pronouns. The snake lady eats the abusive boyfriend. <laughs> As you can imagine... I <laughs> loved this story. Um, so y'all know we are lo- animal lovers in the genre junkies household. Um, I love snakes. I freaking love snakes. And let me just kind of just go through this a little bit more. This is in a in one way. It's 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 one of my favorite stories in the collection, definitely because of the cool snake thing. But I love how like the snake lady seeks out abusers, and you know there's that scene where she's devouring him and she like makes eye contact with the girlfriend to be like, I'll I'll stop if you want. Yeah. Like, like I'm going to give you choice in this. Like it's like, it's your choice. Yeah. And you've got to consent to this. Yeah. And there's just something really cool. This female solidarity, like I got your back girl, like type of thing that it just made me feel super proud. And, and, you know, cause he was, a really just absolutely crummy dude in a realistic way yes yeah and she you know she was she was having kind of trouble deciding how she felt about how crummy he was well because she's supposed to be she's supposed to be so thankful because to everybody else he's so perfect and popular and handsome he's the one that that everyone wants to be with so like like you know he's doing her a favor in a way oh yeah and like you know like he's he's raping her too and it's like you know she's like but i I didn't vocalize a no and you know everything like yeah it's just like oh and the snake lady just smells that out and she's like "Mm -mm, you're going down i'm hungry yeah you don't need any you don't need this in your life this is perfect this is exactly what i need to eat right now yep and she's like let it happen (laughs) uh really really cool um the next one was the doll's house by Allison Faye. Allison uses she, her pronouns. Sophie and her dollies, led by Fanny, kill bad men. Okay, so 
I'm I, I have a theory about this story. Yes. There, there's basically two ways to read this. One, yep. that the dolls are are alive. you know sentient and alive and are yep. doing things. Mm-hmm. And the second thing is, is that, um, uh, it, you know, insanity, murderous thoughts and intents yeah. runs in that family. Well, right. And that it's um, the girl. It's the girl the who's doing all of this stuff. She yeah. is the one who killed her father. Maybe her mother did it, but she's the one who's hurting people. Oh, no, she did it. And yeah. hurting, and hurting, you know, the animals in the neighborhood and not her dolls. Don't love that. <laughs> and... I I love both readings of it. It's really well well done because you can you really can decide on what you feel it is yes. and it's totally there for you. There's nothing that contradicts either reading of it. Um yeah, this is a great short story. I love ambiguity. I love an interpretation. Uh and and I love to sluice it out either way with these. Like I think, and I think that there's something about. Well, I love love dolls. I'm super into dolls, obsessed with dolls, and I I love this idea of this dollhouse family heirloom passed down to the females, and there's like this kind of this idealized version of like a household, but it's run by this matriarchal psycho. And it's just, it says so much. There's just so many layers to interpret in this. And it's like, you know, it's not good if this little girl is a budding psychopath, you know, killing animals. I hate that. <laughs> killing the bad men. And I don't feel quite so bad about that one. But, um, it's like, oh, that's not good. That's not a good look. But at the same time, there's a, a powerfulness to it. And then if it's the dolls doing it, I love it because the dolls are serving as a protector. Yes. And has served as protectors for this family for generations. Yeah, either way, it's it's a win-win. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a great story. It was it was really I, I knew that you'd love it, and of course yes. I loved it too. Speaking of love, this next one. I read this story three times. Wow. I just finished it, read it again, finished it, read it again. And I think when I was making my notes, I read it again. <laughs> So it's definitely one of my favorites, Blood by Claire Hamilton Russell. And I should say, for most of these um, uh, preferred pronouns, I used the author's bios at the end of each story. But there's something really cool in this book, and that is all of the um, little interview snippets with the authors, including like song recommendations and some personal recommendations from some of them on like books and authors and stuff like that. And I got a lot of great ideas for some stuff I haven't read. And um, in the interview, Claire um, is genderqueer, genderfluid, is how they identify themselves. Okay. So, Princess Grandmother, a daughter of darkness, she kneels beneath the crucified winged skeleton bound in chains and thorns. I mean, it was basically written for me. Like, (laughs) I feel like Claire gave me a gift. (laughs) Like, wrapped it in paper and left it for me. Um, absolutely powerful, striking. I want books in this world with these cultures. And I, I'm so captivated. There's something about the grandmother and the passing it down. And then at the end, the author starts to feel a twitch beneath their shoulder blades. And oh my gosh, what just what just an absolute tease of a story that I I must have more. I'm I I'm really happy that you liked it, and, and I thought that you might. This is this one actually. I rem 
I remember reading it now. It's one that didn't stick with me because I actually had a lot of trouble understanding it. That's kind of part of like what's so great about yeah, it. Yeah, and I remember when I read it, like, oh, okay, Sandra loved this. I, 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 it was a little bit too obtuse for me, just because that's not the kind of, it's not the kind of, um, it's not the kind of story that grabs me. It's a, it's, a, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> it's, it's a, a lot, lot of story, and and I think that it's re- I, I I can tell <laughs> that it's a story that's going to ring for a lot of people. It wasn't for me. Well, I'm glad. I I think I have enough passion for the both of us. On yeah, that one. It, I think so. <laughs> uh, the next story was Self Portrait with Pears by Rachel Bolton. Rachel uses she her pronouns. Um, this is from the perspective of Adam, the stalker of artist DC. I don't really have this one. Didn't grab me. I mean, it wasn't poorly written. I think that there are people who will get a lot out of this, but it just it just didn't resonate for me. So this one actually, um, I think it I think it does a frighteningly good job of jumping into the mind of a entitled male um, perspective. Mm-hmm. When 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 people talk of toxic masculinity and entitlement of men this is what they're talking about where you know he starts off as being kind of okay just you know he has a crush on this girl and there's a few problematic things to the way that he thinks coming on a little strong oh and he's kind of like judgy well yeah at the very beginning he's a little bit judgy but he's a teenager and it's like you know you know we're all kind of we're all kind of crummy when we're teenagers but then it just like slowly at first i mean it's a short story so it's not very long but but slowly at first he starts just to become a little bit more problematic and you start to realize more and more that no he just the, he feels like well he likes her so she he deserves to be met in kind and reciprocated with the attention that he is giving her to the point where he just becomes completely unhinged and and awful and is just does not recognize what is actually happening around him because he's so self-centered this is a very real thing oh yes very real and it, you know it's scary it's scary from in my perspective i'll just say that this is the one that actually probably affected me the most because mm-hmm. these are the things that you know i look at even myself when i was a teenager and before i was you know quote unquote woke you know mm-hmm. there was there was crummy things about me i was never this dude yeah i mean this is there are people like this dude i was never that but you know there's right. there's a self-centeredness to um to the male experience in general right on a spectrum and there's things in this that are sadly relatable right and and for that reason i did feel it was actually very powerful this was the one story in there that i think would be the most important for um someone who identifies as male to read right Uh, yeah and just kind of not only check yourself though you probably are not a stalker (laughs) psychopath but um you know and kind of check the attitude of guys around you and and you know like how they treat um you know a female they're interested in and you know just to kind of like take a good look at the 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 people, the men you're spending time with and be like, you know, this is not like, okay. It's not okay. And the most, the most important thing is in this is that he has people around him who are communicating to him 
that it's not okay and, and he's, he's not no. listening. Well, and he's also like, he's obviously uh, a little psychopathic or something. Like, I'm no psychologist, but there, there's something going on. Like, he's not just an asshole. Like, oh, yeah. He, yeah. He's on the extreme end of the spectrum. Yeah. Certainly. But uh, there is, there is, um, like you said, it's kind of the, the, the slow build of it. Yes, it is. But up until about three quarters of the way through, I've known people like that personally. Uh, up and things that he does up to about three quarters of the way through the story. I know people who have thought it like that in the past. I've I've known people personally, mm-hmm. and it, when you really recognize it for what it is, it's sobering. Next story is Personal Demons by Angelique Fons. Angelique used she pronouns. Um, this is the adventures of Sam and Lilith, two teens. One um, identifies as non-binary and one is a succubus. Um, <laughs> I will say I I appreciate these two characters. I appreciate um, the, the story of them and who they are and what the message of this one is. But for me, the style was just not for me. It wasn't one that... Um, held my heart it was hard it was hard for me to balance the fact that i am looking for more uh for more stories that are written using uh they them pronouns and for people who are gender fluid yeah i I love that because i'm trying to you know i'm trying to learn and wrap my head around that style because it does not come naturally to me in in a reading style well that's because i think we've all been trained you know from uh childhood uh, with these pronouns yeah So, so i read the story twice uh-huh. because the first time i read it i had the i had the same feeling that you did i'm like you know yeah i i, I liked it and i liked the concept but you know it wasn't really my style of writing but i wanted to read it again because i wanted to make sure that i wasn't just being um accidentally uh discriminatory based on the fact that it was they them pronouns and uh, honestly they didn't bother me oh no not at all and i mean i think we are here for it we are here for non-binary characters we are here for or um, I think Lilith is n- not white. Like from the description, I didn't get like a white person uh, I- here for all of it. And just more succubus in general. Um, <laughs> but yeah, just wasn't my style. There was just a, there was a, the concept was strong, but there was a lack of character build for me. Um, it, it was, it just, it just didn't grab me that much. Next is Friends with Benefits by E.F. Schrader, and um, I did not pick up a pronoun that E.F. uses from the bio. This is the story of daughter Liza, marked by their dead mother. With the uh, the thing on the arm, I really liked this story, uh-huh. but there is something I don't understand at the end that I hope that you can maybe explain to me. Um, just specifically, like I don't, I don't really understand how her father and her friend got involved, and and specifically where the double heat where the double turn like really originated like what are they doing to the father at the end yeah there's clearly um the girls are ganging up on the dad like it looks like the friend is in league with the dad but it actually the friend is in league with the with liza um i know that this 
had to be written to be somewhat interpretive, but I also was kind of left non-conclusive results. Okay, so, you know, I have a problem. I, I generally have a problem with, with vague endings, you know, as, as we've discussed in the past, but this one did seem like almost too vague, right? It's not just me. Like, I it didn't we, really explain well, where, like, when I mean, they had the conversation or why or really what was happening, right? Yeah, um... Yeah, and it's uh, uh again I like I love I should say I love ambiguity. Um and I do like an amount of you know just interpret it and trust your auth- trust your authors, trust your readers to be smart, but I don't yeah, I I was left non-conclusive with the end of this story. Okay, that makes me feel a lot better. I, I mean, it does because you know, it's hard for me when it comes to ambiguity to really recognize if it's just my own kind of like, you know, personal preferences for it or if I really am just not getting it. Um, I really did like EF's style, though. I liked the story. Yeah. I oh, liked absolutely. the teens. Um, yeah, I just yeah, I just couldn't couldn't draw a conclusion at the end of that one. Next is I think this is going to be one of your favorites. Prediction. Night Terrors by Angela Sylvain. Angela uses she pronouns. This is the story of Anna the AI. This story was so good. This story was killer. So good. So we both um, have talked about that we like AI stuff. We like um, the struggle with sentience and what makes something alive and what makes something a person. And this was just a really cool, perfectly sized short story snapshot of this AI. Yeah, it makes me very... Oh, man. It's a very sad story of, you know, what they're doing to her and they're doing to these AI. And there's so many, this is one where there are so many questions yes. left unanswered, but not in, in the but, best way, but not because it's not because it's, it's, you know, ambiguous. It's because I just want to know everything about this world. I want to know everything about what they're doing, why they're doing it, how they do things, this town. how many people in this town are actually AI, how many are actually handlers, like Does how did it start? Does everybody have a chip? <laughs> I want so much more of this world. Like yeah. it, it was a per, it was the perfect kind of like teaser. Oh, teaser, exactly. Give me more. Boosh. I want to know everything. Yeah. And the way that it it ends the exact the exact same way that it starts is oh. brilliant, beautiful. Oh. It's just the Mwah. most that heartbreaking, painful sci-fi. Um, I don't know. I can't even describe it it's just you know it when you see it and when you find it and it moves you i have a question that's that's related to this story but off topic Mm -hmm. when you read stories that take place in high school do you picture it being your high school when you're picturing it in your head not always i I mean not always but but ever often for um their school i didn't and i think part of that is because they they mentioned the snow and stuff and so for me it it just took me to another place okay i I, i'm just curious because when i read stories like this i almost always picture some version although it may be different based on you know like in this case where a parking lot is but yeah i always i always picture it like my high school i just wonder if that's something that um that other people do too yeah it just really depends there's definitely something set in high school that I see my high school for sure. The next story, 
We talked about this one a little bit. We teased it. I loved this story, The Girl Who Never Stopped Bleeding by Sam Lauren. Sam uses her pronouns. Uh, This is the story of Barb who bleeds and gets revenge. And you can't really talk about this story without the quote from the, the Christian Bible. The Bible says a bleeding woman is unclean. I love this story i get like what you're saying that yeah this you're is nev- the one i was talking gonna, about earlier yeah you're never gonna fully be able to be like oh i just i feel that in my bones but that's okay because that's why you read things that are different from your life oh yeah absolutely um it's short it's sweet so poignant oh loved it i just love it. i can't i can't really say much more about it than i loved the way it was written and i love the subject matter this is the one that, that I, I was talking about earlier that i was using as an example of you know i appreciated it. it it didn't it didn't register with me it didn't ring with me it's not supposed to ring with me and it's totally okay that it didn't yeah you, did you still like the ride i i, I it's I, a short and sweet i liked it fine yeah i liked it fine it's very short up next, we have, do you say Leda or Lita? I say Lita. Well, I'll go with Lita. Up next, we have Lita and the Fly by Marnie Azzarelli. Marnie uses she pronouns. Uh, Lita, addicted to drugs, kills a fly, has murderous intentions to her girlfriend. Um, and this is the story of her recovery and journey into wellness because she is possessed. <laughs> That's like such a weird way to summarize this story. Um, Let me also just say, I never know if I'm supposed to say Lita or Leta, but um, I'm super into mythology, especially like I was like Greek mythology was my favorite for when I was a kid. And as a reminder, Lita and the swan is a Greek myth. Um, It is the story of the god Zeus who takes the form of a swan and quote unquote seduces Lita. Uh, seduce might be a really gentle that, 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 Yeah. <laughs> but y- y'all remember now. This story has the good demon vibes. By Jimmy. Friend. Friend of the show. It, it really gives me those vibes of, you know, things were better when I was possessed. And, yes. and I just was never, like, I didn't feel anything until I had mm-hmm. I that was demon well. with me. I was well. I was making my art i was inspired i was um loving towards my girlfriend valedictorian i I, you know everything was going right and then Mm -hmm. you know i didn't have my demon anymore and everything started takes a fly to do it see i got kafka vibes when i read this franz kafka vibes which is cool um love kafka um i thought this was a cool story a really cool story i get a jimmy feel from it as well um I love things like this where, you know, you're you're not sure how you feel. You're not sure how you're supposed to feel. Um, obviously, there's a supernatural element to this going on. But um, this was uh, such an interesting depiction of depression as well. Just a really powerful, interesting story. Next up, we have Jenny's Bobo by Hilary Lyon. Hilary uses she, her pronouns. Um, Bobo the pet demon. Uh, absolutely love Bobo. I love that he's bad and sinister and murderous, but that he also likes pets and to sleep on a little pile of laundry. I, I, mm, I love Bobo. I love him so much. I like to think of Bobo as Bat Boy. 
you know, you know Bat Boy found in a cave. I, I'm picturing um more of a of a kind of dragony cryptid thing. What? Well, and I like how the parents are very protective and scared, and like you can't let him out. You know, he's never going to come back. And she, the one who didn't even summon him, is like, Nah, he's. Like, like he's gonna come back. Oh, We're see, friends. I don't, like, it's okay. I don't know if they summoned him or they somehow kind of got stuck with him. I, I loved that. Like, kind of, you know, it's obviously this um teens kind of weird interpretation of the events. Well, because she doesn't even really understand yeah. what was going on. She's just like, oh, they're you know they're singing weird like monotonous songs downstairs. And they like agreed to something. I don't know. And, they all, and then they always just like clean up after they're gone, but they just do these weird things. And it's like, okay, well, they're doing something. They're doing rituals. They're doing down some there. sort of demonic rituals here. And yeah. like, you don't realize that it's not normal or that it's or exactly what it is, but clearly they made some sort of pact to have Bobo show up. Yeah, they either made a pact or they got tricked into something. I, I don't know what happened, but uh, which is fine. I don't need to know because what I need to know is that I love Bobo. Yes. And I want to pet his scaly head. Oh, okay. This is a cool story. <laughs> they're all cool stories. Even the ones that didn't resonate with me, they're cool. Extinguishing Fireflies by Rebecca Rowland. Rowland? Rowland? Sorry, Rebecca. Rebecca uses she, her pronouns. Uh, this is the story of Ariel slash Maliska, the werecat murderer girl. Um, In case you didn't know, we stand cats. <laughs> we do stand cats. Um, I have three cat tattoos. I am obsessed with cats. Cats rule my world. I like this one okay. I, I mean, I... I think something that really grabbed me about this story is it was a really new concept for me. I'm not used to a cat wear creature, and I have come across those a little bit in like urban fantasy and stuff, but especially not a kid. And um, this acceptance by the mother, and I really loved that. There was something really beautiful about that, that she wasn't trying to change her, and she wasn't trying to find a cure or anything like that it was like no this is my little we're cat child and i i don't know i just thought it was really cool i think that this is one of those stories where you can go you know you can take it at face value which for the most part i do um and and enjoy it but you can dive really deep into this and maybe pull out things that the author did or did not intend I'll just say, I think this is a story that, for the most part, I just take on its face because I think it is meant to be literal. Yes. Um, I think that there is some deeper things... You can interpret? That you can interpret from this story that I would be interested if they were intended. Uh-huh. It's one of those things where I don't want to overanalyze a story when things are not supposed to be there. But I feel like that... I, I would be really interested to hear if there was some... Allegory? Yeah. That that yeah. that that was in this story more than what's on the surface. Well, and first of all, I don't think you as a reader ever need to interpret um, reading into something too much as a bad thing. Because once the art, once it's out there, once the piece is out there, people are going to interpret it and they're going to see allegory and they're going to see meaning. And it might be things that the author didn't even realize they were putting out there. Or maybe it was. But that's, hey, that's... That's art. Art should be interpreted. So never apologize for that. So um, I'm going to take a little bit of point on this just for a minute. 
The Eyes of the Dead by Danielle R. Bailey. I'll just lean back here and let you take over. Uh, Danielle uses she, her pronouns. This is the one (laughs) that comes with the visible trigger warning at the start of it. This is the story of Jesse being raped and murdered and mutilated and then basically a ghost or somehow in their body still going through this as they rot and decompose. Um... This story was absolutely the most affecting. This will be the one that sticks with me. Um, I read this one. It made me feel super emotional. Um, Made me feel a little sick, a little woozy, which as a jaded old horror fan is something that does not happen a whole lot. And it was hard to read, haunting. You would not want to read this before you go to bed. And in the back of the book, in that uh, interview with the author section, and I, I don't feel like we can talk about this without reading this verbatim in Danielle's words. When asked what was the inspiration behind your story, I would say the inspiration behind my story is survivors of sexual assault and the idea that we can feel as though we are dead even after we have lived, that we can be trapped by our own thoughts and how we choose as women to carry our past. Um, this is definitely up to interpretation. Um, that is this, you know, girl, is she stuck? Is Jessie stuck in her body? consciously is she haunted there is she some sort of a ghoul um or did she in fact get away when it seems that she did but as that survivor and as someone processing this experience that they are still there in a way and it is profound (laughs) i cannot think of another way to put it besides this stuff is profound and i appreciate that she said women survivors but i think it wouldn't matter what your gender was I have found that this particular subject matter can be uh, uh, difficult for me. I, I don't want to go so far as to say it is triggering, mm-hmm. but um, is difficult. Oh, yeah. I almost skipped this story. <gasps> And I said, I'm not going to do it. I don't think it is fair for me to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, Despite that, with the trigger warning and fairly soon into the story, realizing it was going to be very hard. Yeah. Um, This was the story in the book that I had to, I had to, I mean, I, I, as I said, walk away from stories for a while. I had to walk away from Yeah. This one was hard. Um, oh, it's hard. Um, and I think Danielle is a really brave, badass woman for writing this story um, and telling this story. And I think that in a way, you could think of it if, if maybe you've gone through some other trauma or some other violent trauma in your life and that same notion of being stuck. Um, yeah, just like, damn, Danielle, like, <laughs> you're good. <laughs> You are good. Uh, this is, I think, I mean, <laughs> this this made me sick to the same level as um, your Chuck Palinaic's yeah. um, short story. Yeah. But this one had meaning where more than that one did. Whereas yes. that was designed just to disgust. This was disgusting while being powerful. Oh, uh, I mean, really, I cannot... I- I cannot commend Danielle enough for writing such 
a powerful moving piece. This was the superstar of of the entire collection. Yeah, this is this is the best in show. This is the cornerstone. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, harrowing, harrowing stuff and I just want to seek out everything else Danielle has written because I'm like you are good. <laughs> um we shall move on. It, it, I mean, I will say I think Honestly, if you're listening through this this uh, spoiler section and you haven't read the book, this is the story that you should just go ahead and buy this book for. Yeah, and it's Even hard, it's hard to read. To say it's, it's hard, hard to, read. to read, and if it and and if this kind of subject matter really is too hard for you, then then by Obviously all means, don't. Yeah. By all means, do not. But um, if you can, it is worth it. Yeah, we shall move on. <laughs> Uh, I'm really interested to hear what you thought of this story. Uh, The Mirror Wife by Ash Tudor. Ash uses she pronouns. Um, Oliver tries to have his wife, Amelia, killed, and this ends up making her happy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, For me, this, uh, this just wasn't quite my jam style wise uh just just wasn't quite there but there's cool thriller gone girl vibes to this um where i mean amelia's like she's kind of horrible but she's also kind of a badass <laughs> i i'm interested to see how this story worked for you the i liked the ending a lot the the kind of her being happy that he find you know she's he like, finally oh, stood you, up and you, dealt with his own issues yeah. like that 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 i really liked and, and and i didn't i didn't actually think of it at the time but yeah it is very gone girl ish yes, in that respect yeah there's other stuff about this story though that i have ideas about what the author might have meant by but is a little bit hard to parse through like the whole mirror experience is there is it just a a metaphor mm-hmm. uh, for you know two different sides of a person is it actually uh, uh, if is it is it them distancing themselves from the decisions that they're making mm-hmm. or or the person that they're hiding that right. they see in the mirror it, it's it's again a very obtuse choice yeah that it's I wasn't really able to parse yeah it's interesting it's very interesting okay yeah I see I see exactly where you're coming from on that oh. I had so much fun with this next story, Patterns of Fairy Tales by Azura Knox. Uh, Azura uses she, her pronouns. Lydia is a selkie, a scary selkie, and her husband Killian joins her. I loved this story. We obviously love fantasy. I have a personal love of selkies, and they don't go quite out and say she is a selkie, but like there's fur, um, <laughs> and there's like a long tusky tooth that like goes down past her breasts and stuff. Um, she's scary and bloodthirsty and wonderful, and what a great twist on the story because the the girl is always changing for the freaking guy in the fairy tale. And in this one, he's like, I love her. I can't live without her. I gotta join her. I, I feel like the message of this story, and correct me if I'm wrong or, or you don't agree with me, but uh-huh. I feel the message of this is, you know, she has been she has been one person her her entire life because she's been told by everybody that this is who she should be, yes. and what her actual true potential is yeah. has been hidden from her her, her whole truth. life. Her truth has been hidden from her. Yes, 
And when she finds out the truth, she realizes who she really is and who she wants to be. And the happy ending of this story is her husband, who was complicit in um, in limiting who she was, still loved and accepted her and realized that he was wrong. And, you know, you almost can't totally blame him because he was really thrown something. And I think that even all of us on our best days might have had a hard time with. Yes. Um, so I do give him a little bit of a wide berth. Um you know, like, and I, because I think what's more important is that he loves her and he will adapt to her lifestyle and her truth. And I think that is just beautiful and romantic and like, ah, it was just really sweet. <laughs> no, I loved it. I loved it. Yeah, I did like this story. There's, there's, um, you know, it's, it's, it's adequately deep while just being a, a good, a good tale as well. Yeah, and there's so many ways you can definitely interpret and read into, um, all of that stuff, all of that stuff about his role in it, her family's role in it. Um, you know, like just different things that happen to people when they realize you know that they they were not getting to live their truth live their full oprah and um but that you know the the joy and the freedom that comes with that yeah good 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 job azura good job girl home run um oh this is such a fun read next campfire tales the bloody rings by emma johnson riverdry (laughs) wizardry I can't. My God, I can't even read my own writing. Go to Emma Johnson Rivardi. Emma uses she, her pronouns. This is the folly of Cassidy Day and men who force the hand of women. We have the beautiful image of the hanging tree, knives, Halloween, dismemberment. A lot of my favorite words right there. Um, what a wonderful campfire tale. I, I, I love the uh, the writing conceit of writing a story like it's being told to you very yes. specifically. Yes. Um, I, I, and, and this is done particularly well uh, where it's almost like, you know, Davy Crockett. Like, it's a tall tale. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or, uh, Folk tale. Yeah. It, it's really well done in that way. The, the story overall is just a lot of fun. Um yes. It, and and that's just really what I have to say about it. It's, it's just a lot of fun. It's just a good, interesting read and story. And yeah, it just has this campfire, tall tale, folks ballad vibe to it that oh what a just a wonderful little flavor to put in a short story collection, that narrative style. Um, next, we have Cracked by Regan Moore. Regan uses her pronouns. Um, a doll takes the appearance of a lady robber. <laughs> That's kind of a really, you know, kind of funny way to put it. But she gets this doll and then it slowly becomes her. And um, I was happy to have another doll story. This one didn't ring as much for me as the other doll story in the collection. But um. I thought it was interesting. I, I I am actually surprised that that was your reaction to the story. I mean, I, I have to say I agree with you. Like I I enjoyed it. It was a fine ride, but um, it it didn't. You know, it was just it was fine. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, um, I think that it is a cool concept. It kind of reminded me in the best way of one of my favorite TV shows from the 90s, Beyond Belief, Fact or Fiction. Like, it kind of had that sort of cautionary tale sort of uh, feelings to it. This is a story that I felt was missing a little bit of a why for me. Mm. Um, a little bit a little bit of the, of the, Maybe don't the do deeper crime. lore. Was don't, mi- don't do crimes. Yeah, but it's not just criminals who are affected by this doll. That's true. And there's just... In a short story, I am typically more satisfied if it either is a beginning, middle, end, you know, compressed short story, or if it is a introducing you to an idea or or world. This kind of does neither. I mean, it's 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 a the the story that's happening is just a repeating story of a doll taking on the image of these people and driving them insane and they and they end their own lives. And that's all. So the last five stories for me, like now again, there was nothing in this book that offended me, that made me feel like this was a waste of time. It was just like, eh, this one didn't resonate for me or whatever. It's totally fine. I feel like the last five for me were all just boom, 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 boom. Like super, uh, you know, I, I didn't have any dips. No dips. It's kind of like the uh, the end of a fireworks show. It's yes, the grand finale. Grand finale. Angel of Death by Phoebe Jane Johnson. Phoebe uses she pronouns. A queen from another world sends her best soldier to Earth, and they end up finding humans lacking. This- <laughs> This is so Twilight Zone oh, it's that it's great. disgusting, and e- I'm here for it. Everything about this story was great, and I really appreciated the writing style. I appreciated the creativity. I appreciated the fantasy and kind of science fiction-y elements. Uh, there's a beautiful monologue that the soldier has in here about, yep. wow, I saw just some really cool stuff, some heartfelt, some love, some capacity that these Earthlings have, and yet, I don't think they're great, so let's do it. Yeah, let's <laughs> we just gotta end it here. Let's come in Failed with the fiery experiment. swords. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it kind of reminds me of having just read uh, the first book of the. Uh, yes. Yeah, that it was kind of like that. Like, oh, okay. Like um, the Themis files. Yes. Yeah. That it's like, um, yeah, like it's kind of this more sophisticated, powerful, intelligent, uh, advanced species kind of... You have been judged and you have been found lacking. Yeah, really cool concept stuff. You you thought so too? I I did. I I really liked it. Um, Again, the best thing I can say is like, especially that monologue at the end was so old school Twilight Zone. I can see the, I can see that episode. Yes. I can hear that monologue being read by, you know, by a black and white actor, like just with exactly with just earnestness. With his cigarette. I love it. Oh, okay. This was another one that felt like a gift for me. This is another one that felt like it was wrapped up in a little package and left for me. It's like my Valentine. I would like to say that Maxine Kohler is my Valentine this year. Um, And she wrote a story called Her Garden Grows, narrated by a cat. 
this is a story of a cat and some chickens, two of my favorite things, that are accomplices to a lady who kills her husband. And we're going to say she's going to kill other bad men, too. Um, Not only did we get two doll stories, we got two cat stories. This one was from the perspective of a cat um, and, and the chickens a little... And I just felt like this is so how a cat would talk. And I loved it. I loved that they were all this family. Oh, my gosh. What a fun story. Yeah, I, I, I loved the per- I loved reading it from the perspective of a cat who's just like loving and protective and kind of aloof and lazy. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's really good. And um and how they're so I don't know. It's like not only because they're animals, but they don't have like any, I don't know, human or Judeo-Christian judgment over this woman of any kind. And they're just like, oh, I better get the earth all nice for mom to put this body in. And like, and they're like happy. I don't know. It's so much fun. Revival by Madison Estes. Madison uses she, her pronouns. Oh my God, did I love this mad science story. This is a reimagined version of Ligeria by Poe, my beloved Edgar Allan Poe, brother who relates a cadaver to his murdered sister. And, oh boy, great story, great reinterpretation of a classic tale, moving, emotional, uh, and just really well-written, too. Uh, This one? actually just um didn't sate my appetite much believe it or not which is crazy you love mad science i do love mad science but i didn't really get a mad science so much as just a little mad from this (laughs) oh um which which is fine Uh, it just it just didn't really scratch an itch for me Oh, that's all. yeah, that's okay. That's okay. I really dug it. I, I thought it was beautiful and heartbreaking and gothic and ugh, loved it. A Song Only She Can Hear by Wandra Vanian. Uh, Wandra uses she, her pronouns. We have an awesome friend named Wanda. And so this is like a cool name. I It took me a little bit by surprise. I like it though. Oh my God, this story. This is another one that just... Oh, deep, 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 deep stuff. Um, Jewel, the murderous teenage mermaid. Um, not on purpose. Not on purpose. Not deliberately. No, but I mean that's just putting it on you know in a succinct phrase. Woo, woo, boy, man, this one was really powerful to me. This was um deep. Uh. Again, really open to a lot of allegory and interpretation in this. Uh, who knew that mermaids uh, kill their mates after <laughs> mating? They also get pregnant really easily and have an incredibly short gestation period. And there's something about this to me where it's like, okay, this is who she is and her family knows. And... <sighs> But she's different than them. She's other. And then she finds a person who is also other. But she has been raised in a world that's not her own. And so when she sees what she's done, though it's no fault of her own, she has to reject it, reject her true nature, her true self, uh, because it's not her culture she's been raised in. And she, in fact, rejects her child, her offspring, because it's other as It's just a lot of deep stuff in it. And yeah, it just it really goes there. And I really cared about Jewel a lot. I really cared about her. I liked this story a lot. And you touched on 
a lot of the reasons why I like is that I feel that there's there's a lot of uh, uh, there's a lot of topics that this touches on that really makes you think about them. Uh, my only my only uh, observation on this story that I'll give is that there's a lot of those things that are lightly touched on, like like and and some that aren't even touched on so much as just oh that makes me think about this. Yeah, that yeah. I, I think it's important not to be spoon fed, you know, exactly what the intention of something is. Of course, but um, a little bit of direction on what the author was intending for me to actually think about would have been welcome does that make sense it does and it's just really like an agree to disagree because obviously like from my wrap up and interpretation of it i got so much out of it but for you when you were reading through it it doesn't sound like you were quite picking up how i was picking up the story well okay so let me let me talk about the themes that 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 i picked up from this uh the feeling of what it is to be uh, adopted and being uh amongst people who are not exactly the same as you the feeling of uh feeling other to the people around you the feeling of accepting or rejecting your the culture that you um that which culture do you are you going to join the one that you were raised with or the one that that um perhaps is your culture from birth yeah um well it's a nature versus nurture argument too certainly yeah i i just oh i thought this was big stuff and it's also a cool um reinterpretation and reimagining of a mermaid as well yes it is yeah i liked it (laughs) we've come to the end come to the very end um mm, this one Gosh, you know, I'm always very you do you boo. And for all of these stories, we've been very like, oh, that didn't resonate with me. Oh, this one didn't work with me. I am sorry. I would have a hard time anybody not being enraptured and just here for this damn story. And that is Tribal Influence by Erica Rue. R-U-H-E. I'm so sorry, Erica. Erica used to she her pronouns, and I'm just not sure how to pronounce your last name. R-U-H-E, though. And I'll look it up, and I want to read everything she's written. This is the story of Joaquina, little girl who is clairsentient, an empath, and an influencer. And she also happens to be a Guatemalan refugee in a detainment camp. How absolutely timely on the nose is this story without being um, pandering. I mean, we try to stay pretty neutral on stuff in genre junkies. You can obviously interpret our politics pretty easily. <laughs> yeah, come But on. we are keeping babies in cages in this country and we are treating people less than human. And what happens <laughs> when you make such stupid choices and you bite off more than you can chew and i love joaquina i love her so so much i love this story this story is a modern day relevant origin story of an x-man yes an um, X-person. X- 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 well, yeah, but X- yeah. Marvel X-Men. Yes, Marvel yeah. X-Men. It is the origin story of a mutant. Uh, of a superhero. And, you know, Marvel has typically done a good job of trying to stay relevant to the times, especially when it comes to the X-Men. Um, and some of those... And, and, and every, I feel like, decade... 
mm-hmm. it becomes it becomes relevant for that decade again. And you can go back and find plenty of problematic things in all the comic books. But oh, I, I, I don't. This isn't this isn't a podcast discussing the politics. No, of No, we love comic books, and we're we're really into that. But yeah. this falls under the category of hey, this is this is an origin story that is relevant for the politics of today, and I love and I want yes. to read more of where this goes. This is the this is the I mean, beginning. It's horrifying that this situation is having to happen and be a basis for a story. But it's yeah, it's I I, I can't put it any other way than it's it's not cloying, it's not pandering, and this is not the first time ever in the history of the world or even of America that we have people in detainment camps. So there is an unfortunate uh, timelessness to this as well. But if you are not moved, if you are not like shook and this does not resonate with you, then I really think you need to check your pulse and your conscience. Mm-hmm. Um, and not to mention just really well written. like Super well done. Yeah. I mean, I what a great way to end this collection too. Absolutely with a bang. Yeah. And, and I just, I, I have to say it because I'm, I'm going to jump into it right now. Uh, this is a five out of five collection for me. Just straight up. Five strange girls out of five strange Five strange girls, girls out of five. Yeah, it's, same. Five badass, strange, wonderful girls out of five. This is so well curated. Yes. Even the ones that just didn't really do it for me yes. weren't bad. No, they, it's there was like nothing we, wrong yeah. with them. They just weren't like, they weren't my thing. Azura, you did an amazing job. Just uh, putting this collection together girl. huge huge applause because every single story um it's gonna work for somebody yeah it's gonna mean something to somebody and you know of course it's like when you have these ones that were so stellar and so powerful to us and then there's the ones that don't resonate for you it's gonna dip and it's gonna happen but that's okay because one of the ones that didn't resonate with us could resonate with you one of the things i appreciate about the the compilation of this as well is i feel like short story collections usually fall into one of two categories they either have like a big peak at the beginning it kind of like goes down in the middle and like it has its filler stories Mm -hmm. and then closes off with a bang or it tries to stay at a high level and just has breaks here and there like okay this is just like a palate cleanser okay this is just a little bit of filler this just felt steady yes throughout there's definitely some ones that hit me personally harder than others but just because they were just specifically uh relevant to my tastes but the collection felt constant it felt consistent and that is very difficult to do yeah absolutely a home run i'm so proud of this collection i'm so honored to have read it and to experienced it and it makes me very proud to be a strange girl i love that i love being a strange girl uh won't be the first time won't be the last time i've been called that or worse and (laughs) are you proud to be married to a strange girl i am very proud to be married to a strange girl Strange girl ally over here, people. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Um, we'd love to hear what some of your favorite stories were. I'm so happy that we got so many new authors out of this, new to us authors. So cool. All right. Thank you, Scott. Thank you, Sandra. And thank you, Azura Knox. Yes. Thank you, authors. Thank you, listeners. Thank you, cats. Thank you, dolls. And as always, please keep reading past your bedtime. Mm-hmm.